So hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of Mind XR Gap, where we have a healthy discussion about VR, AR, MR and everything in between. My name is Tiago Andrade and I'm here with Anasol Peñarius. Hello. And Oscar Bajaji. Hello. I hope I'm saying your name correctly because I'm always afraid to say it wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I don't. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Yeah. Nice. So um, in this podcast, we contribute our knowledge and our excitement about the XR technologies. And I hope you can join us actually, uh, talk with us and uh, have a healthy discussion. We are going to talk about everything. So TV shows, sci-fi things and much, much more. Yeah. So what's today's topic, Tiago? So today's topic is going to be immersive learning and what that means to us and what things are being done in the world, basically. So who wants to start describing what is immersive learning? Yeah, it's I quite can. powerful in this. Yeah, in this. I can kick off the discussion. Yeah. Um, I think the concept of immersive learning or immersive training changes from people to person to person. Uh, for me, the concept of immersive training comes with the motivation of placing the user in a training environment where they can actively participate and interact with the content rather than being a sole observer. Mm -hmm. And nowadays it's commonly actually using immersive technologies and they all offer a different level of immersion and could fit to the different stages of someone's learning journey. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I think it's important to um, point out that um, the human being or the most easy way for a human to learn is by trial and error, mostly. And uh, XR technologies actually allow us to uh, deploy this kind of environments for them to try things, uh, fail and understand why they failed. And I think that's where immersive learning actually um it's different from other types of learning from reading from schools from teaching um because the others are just concepts and the person needs to understand the concepts and in their head needs to make um, um an abstract connection to the real world while in the immersive learning you actually unlock the way for them to actually try something and see the consequences of that of that action, and I think that's the 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 most powerful thing that immersive yeah. learning brings to the table. I think you could I think you could argue that it's not the way that everyone would find the most beneficial to learn from. We don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, however, in a if a if a procedure or subject or the job itself involves a lot of physicality with the environment, yeah. it's suitable. But if you have some sort of content that is mostly textual using XR technologies to capture immersion to the subject to increase user's engagement. I don't think that would be the best case. What, what do you think, Anasol? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. It is very um, interesting. There are many theories about how to teach and how to learn. Yeah, the most basic one is instructional design, which is basically the passive one in which you have a student uh, sitting at a classroom and then you have someone who is giving the information. So it's one way uh, communication and uh, the student or learner uh, absorbs this information. 
And then you have a more uh, active type of learning, which is uh, it can be, for example, um, learning by doing or uh, learning by experience in which the learner, learner has a more active role, so it's more in charge of their own learning. And the other one is just a consumer, but in this one you can also be a creator of learning, so you can interact with um, elements in, in the learning um, design and the learning objectives. And this is where immersive learning comes into place and particularly immersive technologies because they have this amazing uh, power to make people be completely immersed into situations like in VR. Uh, and yeah, Oscar already mentioned that there are different levels of uh, or degrees of immer immersion, uh, but VR uh, particularly is, is, and with the current technology, it gives a lot of opportunities for uh, being completely absorbed into activities and, 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 and worlds that are not the ones you are physically um, uh, located. So yeah, it is a very powerful tool following these ideas of learning by doing. Tiago, you also mentioned about uh, that's the way we learn. And yeah, actually, that's the way how we learn uh, as babies. We experience the world, we touch things, we uh, break things. And this is a very powerful uh, tool for doing these type of simulations. Exactly. The, the, the reaction is a very good reinforcement for our brains to understand. They actually understand very good, um, good things and bad things. And they are, um, our brain is able to memorize and store that kind of information easily when they actually touch something, when they actually do something and see the reaction. I would like to mention as well uh, something very interesting because um, immersive learning, we can tailor it, right? Uh, for something specific, for example, to pilot um, an airplane, how to pilot one. So they actually use um, VR to try to train new pilots, how to pilot um, uh, trains. And that's a very no-brainer, actually, way to use immersive, VR, uh, immersive learning. Sorry, But I want to point out that sometimes we can find things that are not... Not as suitable for exactly. this exactly. environment. Yeah. I want to mention a work by Noni de la Peña. It has the same name as you, and so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the video is quite old, but it's a TED talk, and is um, this woman uh, explaining or trying uh, working uh, in a new form of journalism, and she wants to basically transform the new the ways that uh, she gives the news to people in a VR environment. But that way. And I, I, I would like to argue this one is uh, I think this, that's also an uh, immersive learning because you're not just giving an information and then people just make their minds about it, right? It's actually transforming the ways that you show information and people can actually experience them and yeah. formulate a better idea, even a better understanding because we she shows a very interesting work about immigration and the, the many, many challenges that go through um, the process. And m normally even or worse uh, with um, illegal immigration. Yeah, so uh, basically the, it makes you walk in someone else's shoes. Exactly, exactly. Because when you see that on news, you kind of don't make the connection. You don't, no, you don't really care, actually. Um, and you can have your opinion, but it's not 
a correct opinion because you never experience that, right? Yeah. And VR is actually uh, here putting the person on the the the, the immigrate uh, immigrants' shoes, right? And you start feeling, or you see the scenario in the completely different eyes. And I think that's immersive learning. You actually learn something from that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, 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 I've, I've seen some of the work that Noni Talapena has has, mm -hmm. has done. She actually was involved in a in a conference that I'm part of, uh, the International Conference Conference of the Immersive Learning Research Network. So mm -hmm. she was one of the speakers this year, and completely agree. Um, virtual reality and immersion gives you the power. Uh, to experience different things. And I think one of the most powerful things in the example that you put, Tiago, uh, was storytelling. Uh, so one of the most basic ways of learning and communicate, well, not basic, but the most, um, uh, not, not, not obvious, but the ones that have been always there since the beginning is the storytelling. Uh, so that at the beginning, that was how knowledge was passed from one uh, person to another, right? There was no books, there was no ways of recording this knowledge. So it was just stories that people tell uh, to yeah. the next generation. And that was how knowledge was transferred uh, at that time. But this storytelling, it gives you the power of uh, showing a reality from a point of view or, or yeah, experience perhaps through virtual reality. This is like separate, but storytelling gives you the the power of, of hearing a, an experience or a learning or point or a, a knowledge from from a person. And then if you add on top these immersive technologies, it's not just hearing it, but you can experience it somehow uh, to a certain degree of reality and, and make maybe your own judgment and then create your own knowledge. Uh, this uh, as again, going back to these theories about uh, learning, uh, there are three main uh, like roots or paths. One is uh, constructivism, and this is the idea that you create your own knowledge. So the, the knowledge that it gets ingrained in your brain and it, it goes uh, for your life is the one that you experience and you um, exactly. yeah, yeah and, and you construct through activities and doing things. You actually properly memorize them. Yeah. The experience just hearing or just reading it doesn't stick <laughs> when you try it when, yeah. when yeah. and mostly when you fail it's when your brain actually reacts and memorizes and uh, tries to do uh, different things yeah that that's why one of the traditional um, uh, assignments that uh, people well teachers give to students is yeah, you have to read something, but you have to write an essay on it because you have to uh, have your own thinking process on on what you understood from that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of uh, the way that you make the knowledge your own, because then you need to think about, yeah, what I really what this really meant, what what I need to report back It's not just like memorizing things and and then verbally uh, give them back is is more kind of internalizing the knowledge. Yeah, that's correct. Totally correct. All right, and I think we can go through the discussion for us to start discussing new things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about immersive learning, and uh, I'm gonna launch a question and see if we can discuss it and see to get the bottom of this. Um, my question is, 
what if we are using immersive learning and actually we are um, doing or applying it in the wrong way? What I mean is, what if we are teaching, actually teaching the wrong lesson to the, to the people? Or if the person will never understand or fully understand uh, the problem uh, when this immersive learnings, uh, what things we should be aware or, we, or we, what things we should um, try to avoid for that not to happen? Yeah, I think one of the comments that you, Tiago, made before, um, before we, when we discussion was um, yeah being um, dependent on technology right yeah. so uh, until what degree we need to provide these tools um, to make uh, to, to, to make people learn uh, but make them active so it's active learning instead of again going back into kind of a more passive in which uh, everything is solved and they need to. They they basically don't need to do anything. And uh, yeah. so it, it's it's again it again coming back to this idea that you only consume the the knowledge that is exactly. passive is not active from your point of view. Because that's that's a big problem because they can start being lazy and say I'm just consuming information. I don't actually need to understand yeah. it fully understand because it's there. Yeah. At my disposal. I previously spoke to someone who used immersive virtual reality equipment. Uh, recruitment stage in, in one of the stages of her recruitment for her job she used immersive environment on a vr mm -hmm. headset and she mentioned that she, at one point she was so immersed in the ap application itself the experience she thought the table in front of her was okay. real and she reclined on it and fell Ooh. and <laughs> when i asked her what what do you think that made you at that point that you were so immersed. She was. She mentioned at the time she was thinking on solving a issue, a solution, yeah. and that's when she realized. That's when she stopped paying attention to the surrounding, but fully immersed herself in the problem. Yeah, she de derailed herself from reality completely. I guess, sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's a very interesting uh, um, example. That's maybe uh, until what point, you, and, and I, th I guess this is more into the physical hazards of, of virtual reality, yeah. when you are too immersed into a situation that you actually forget that you are in a virtual reality, not in the real world. Um, so that that could be a very interesting uh, aspect to, to yeah, to explore. The other one is when you are aware that you are in, in virtual reality, but you just simply let the program continue for you. Um, yeah, because usually yeah. you need some clues and guidance uh, to to, uh, to move in the world. But and but then usually you also need to be active in in the what you need to do is not that the program will solve everything. So yeah, the, they there are many different areas that I guess we, we as technologists and developers need to take into account when doing yeah. these experiences. So I guess it's a crisp line where you have to find how immersed someone should be to the environment when they're carrying out their tasks or their experience. So too much or too little is bad because one other thing that I realized when people wear a headset or something, they know they're wearing a headset 
and if it's a badly designed system they will not even pay attention to the content but all they will care about will be technology and how amazing it is and how nice it is and this will never cut them from the fact that they're now not in the physical world but like in a different environment yeah and that's a good point and it can even be uh, frustrating at some point if the the experience itself is has some design flaws and you need to do a specific task to be able to to progress on the learning but you didn't fully understand the problem so you don't know what to connect or what to to look at and the experience for example doesn't move and the person doesn't understand can be very frustrating infuriating actually for the user in the in the experience and that can be bad because at that point there is no way to bring the person back at that point uh, the person just wants to give up from the experience, not to try to fully understand the problem at ends. Yeah, so I guess there are many aspects, like uh, we already talked about the, the immersion degree uh, to, to make people um, safe. Uh, we also thought, talked about um, the cognitive load that we need to put into people, uh, like not make them lazy. Yeah. Uh, so they, they need to be active in, in what they need to learn. And also, um, yeah, this 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 other aspect. Um, I'm trying to figure out the term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out the term. Well. Um, it's fine, we'll Google later. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll Google later. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. We'll it's kind later. of an overload of the, the sensors. It's not the correct way. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I got it. I got it. Sorry, I, I just got I just got distracted. <laughs> no, the other aspect is the user experience. The user experience. User, user experience, yeah. I, I, I muted myself again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, the user experience is very important as well uh, because um, as you mentioned, Tiago, if someone um, it's it's not feeling comfortable with what they are doing um, with the user interface, they they will reject it. I mean, it they will it will they add will a barrier, yes, yeah, yeah in, into the acceptance of of the experience and the technology. Yeah, so there's a lot of problems that needs to be tackled. Many, many there's more. Many, many. That, <laughs> it's that, just that, the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> this is only the tip. We didn't. Even, did we, we didn't talk about benefits yet. We we're just talking about the problems. You must oh, <laughs> we will need to do another uh, episode for yes. that. <laughs> Immersive learning part two, when we just talk about good things. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think because immersive learning actually is a very big topic, so it's impossible for us in one episode to be able to tackle all the things good I guess bad. I guess my question is we we talked about achieving immersive learning through technology all we talked about was XR and how we can use these not new but nowadays more popular cutting-edge technologies is that what is the other way of achieving more immersive learning in a classroom environment or learning remotely how can we do that do you guys have any ideas I I would say uh, engaging activities because immersion is not just about technology. Mm -hmm. So you can be completely immersed in a movie or reading a book that mm -hmm. you, you, you don't even notice what is going on. So yeah. there is also this other theory of uh, flow uh, from um, another very well-known researcher. I 
just can't pronounce his name, <laughs> but I, I can I can I can give Tiago the the reference yeah, so that, he can put it in there. We'll put on description. In the yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's this idea of being um, completely uh, concentrated. I mean, focus on what you are doing, and that you don't even realize the time, how the time passes, mm -hmm. and what's happening yeah. around. Um, so I guess it's is engaging. Yeah, in the form of engaging. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. wrap your question and I'm going to change a little bit. What if um, is it possible for immersive learning to actually um, um, change the way that we learn? So schools, they will disappear because of immersive learning. I don't think so. Mm. I think it's what is a school? A school is a place where you learn something, right? Like. It doesn't have to be actually a school that is in a certain location. So, yeah, you could move school to a different reality or like a place, but it will still be a school with a, okay, someone so creating your content. So you, you're saying that um, the, the, the traditional or what we think it's traditional learning is still will be applicable. Yeah, definitely. Even in the future, even if our technology evolve in a way that we live in VR, there will always be a space for that. Yeah, I guess I think we, as humans, we always seek out face-to-face -face connection and human connection mm -hmm. to a point. I don't think I don't think we'll live in this utopian reality where we will not leave our houses but stick care out with lives and experience the same life. I don't know. I don't think so. It's a personal opinion. That, that's actually a good question for an episode about ethics. What happens if you, if the reality, virtual reality is so good that you don't want to, to go back to reality? There, right? there, I think there is a movie about it now, and it mm. was done at the University of Essex. I recently saw an artwork about it. We'll also put it in the description. Mm. But it was about, I only read like a very short bit brief on it use virtual reality causing a new symptom or disease or something like that where people all the time spend their times on vr and they also create their own reality on vr of how they would want their life to be and then confuse these type of memories later on which one being real or which one being fake that's interesting. We should watch it and talk about it in the next there, there, there is a lot of uh, books and 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 uh science fiction on this one. I, I'm particularly um, interested in science fiction. And yeah, I'm sure you have seen you have seen the movie <laughs> Ready Player One, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's basically that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a very interesting um, question. Uh, at what at until which point um, technology will be that good that um, people will become completely addicted? Yeah. We we already are seeing a bit of that with mobile phones, but that sure. uh, to a That's point true. that that you just want to live in that reality. Mm. And you don't yeah. want to escape. Yeah, let's I, I think we found a new theme for next next uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're only going to talk about all of this. Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess it's already been 15 minutes. So this is the end mm. of the podcast. <laughs> almost, almost. almost. So, yeah, we'll, we'll end with a cool story. <laughs> <laughs> with a cool story. Uh, or an argument. I don't know what's <laughs> coming. Uh, uh, before we pass to the last section of our podcast, don't forget 
for uh, you that you are listening to us at home, you can actually uh, do questions to us for us to reply. Um, if you write on the comments or if you use the hashtag on Twitter or Facebook or in any social media, uh, using the hashtag uh, ask the XR gap, we will be able to, on the next episode, to read them and try to answer. So go ahead. <laughs> Give us questions we want. We are eager to reply and try to discuss it here on the podcast. <laughs> so what is the final section about? So the final section is the news of the month. <laughs> have any news on and immersive learning? I mean, we are in the immersive learning. Hopefully at end of or middle of the pandemic at this point. Mm -hmm. So I would assume a lot is happening on this field. True. I didn't look into it. <laughs> I just found because the the last the last episode the, or the first episode we also didn't follow the theme for the news. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I decided also to not follow that. <laughs> uh, sorry. Maybe next time. <laughs> um, so the news is, and it's coming from Upload VR websites, and apparently. Sony released some patents about the new v, uh, new VR set they are going to build for the PlayStation 5. Um, of course, everyone now is excited about the PlayStation 5. It's a big hit. Uh, out of stock everywhere. <laughs> yeah. people, and, are selling, people are selling pictures of PlayStation 5. Yeah, right? true. That, that was, yeah. It's, it's been crazy. And um, they released now the patents for a possible new a generation headset called the PS PSVR2, or we hope it's not. I don't, I don't think there's a name for it yet, but probably it will go down these lines. And what I want to talk about or to discuss is about the controllers, uh, because they are very very similar to the Valve's Index, at so least the concept. Way. I'll okay. stop you there for a second. Sorry. So it has controllers. Yes. It's 2020. Why do we still have controllers on VR? Ooh. Well, I like I, controllers. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be learning a different type of controller every time I start using a different VR headset. Why? Why? You it's know? because you only have one car, right? You, if you drive a car, you have manual automatic. It's the same, roughly. Mm. But like, and it's the same case with most of the stuff. There's a standard that you don't have, so it, we don't have to learn a lot of different ver versions of it. But now you have like gazillions of controllers. Mm. And I think it's also re repulsive to learn so much about controllers and not being able to actually complete stuff. Because some people, yes, for gaming, I guess it's all right because someone will use it for hours. So they will get used to it. Mm. They will be perfect with the controller. But the first time or like, a, very occasional user, it could be very frustrating. True, but everything in life has an interface, and the controllers are the interface. Our, if you go head. to a car, you have a wheel. If you go to, to make a tea, your teapot has a handle. So there's everything you do as a kind of an interface, and the controllers are the interface of VR. So how do you suggest removing the controllers? Put hand tracking. Mm -hmm. Okay, but end tracking at the moment is not um, in this primus. <laughs> Should I say that? Still very uh, true. 
sure. buggy, very jitter, uh, mostly because of, for example, occlusion. So if you occlude your both hands one into another, they will lose track because it doesn't, the algorithm doesn't know what to do on that kind of situation. So I there's guess, a lot of problems still yeah. uh, to be solved. I guess in this sense, in this sense that PlayStation, in my opinion, I, I don't play PlayStation or so on, should have kept the same controllers for the next generation and not change it because now the PlayStation users themselves will have to learn a new controller. The problem here, I think, is because they used the move, the move controllers, which is they were awful just by themselves. <laughs> so the, change these were the colorful bulb things. Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, they were ugly and <laughs> uh, not very interactive, though. They they were very simple, I think. Okay, I see. So that that's, it is a big step for PlayStation VR. Exactly, it's a big okay. step for PlayStation But not VR. a big step for VR, I guess. Then not a big step for VR because, like I said, because Valve Index already has something very very similar. Okay, I feel like PlayStation already has a sniper sent out to shoot me now. <laughs> <laughs> Sony, Sony is now oops. Sony. Yes, we need I to sh- silence this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess there are benefits different in in. Mm. Um, joysticks and also in hand tracking, um, like the haptic feedback. I really yeah. like like hand tracking. I think it's more natural for for the tasks. Yeah. But what I don't like is when I'm moving my hands and and picking something in VR. I don't have the feeling of picking anything. So yeah. it it's like grabbing air and that breaks the like the illusion if you yeah. like. I see. So because controls would have vibrations or so on, or just yeah, you touching the controller. So if these ones will work as um as the the Valve's Index does, they actually give you give the sensation to the brain and maintain the illusion like very very nicely because you try you can let it go. The controllers will not fall from your hands. So they they have rubber bands that are um, rubber bands, cutting edge. Uh, not rubber bands. That's kind of <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> uh, but they are basically they don't fall. You can let it go, so you f- you kind of feel that you're not holding anything. And for example, if you do an i5 or do a VR character, they will rumble and move um, precisely when you should do that. So the the aptitude feedback that you feel in your brain will like yes, that should happen. Um, even though, of course, it's not the real thing, but it's it's much closer of not having anything. So you feel like you, oops, I I touched something, uh, and that alone, I think, gives you a completely different sensation. That's why yeah. I like the, the controller in that in that regard, of course. Yeah, I'm not I'm not fond of controllers, uh, but yeah. I like the haptic feedback. And anyway, I guess the next one, uh, the next big thing, I I, in my opinion, is. Mm-hmm. Um, BCI with VR. Uh, I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know. I have no clue uh, if it's going to be good or bad, but I'm very curious about how you could mix both of them. Yeah. So what, describe what is PCI? Uh, brain computer, brain computer interfaces. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we, that's another episode also. That's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine that you have this headset that it 
I mean, you can control everything that happens with only with your mind. I mean, you don't even have to move your hands. That's old-fashioned. That, that sounds <laughs> old fashioned. lazy. True. I actually uh, share with you guys. Um, I don't know if you saw it. Um, yeah. Next mind. It, mm -hmm. So it's a project trying to do that, trying to figure out what the brain wants and do actions for you. Do you know <laughs> my, what my problem would be? I would wear one and then it would say like brain not found or something like that. Brain not found. <laughs> yeah, it would be so heartbreaking. You need to have this high IQ to be able to use this device. Really? No, no, no. You, you won't get that 404 error, don't worry. No. Uh. <laughs> No, it's it's for for those uh, at the moment the way the way they work is that you need to train them. So, um, yeah, to do like the simplest action, uh, the PCI needs to learn from you um, and record a lot of data, so it can then uh, understand when you are trying to do something and replicate. Uh, and I, as I said, I don't know if it's going to be a good experience because what I like and I mentioned is the haptic feedback. And with this one, you won't even move your hands. No. But I, anyway, I'm I'm curious about how what it if, will work. What if you also include needles that cause psychosis? <laughs> that touches no. your nervous system. I make see, you I think see. here, why? Or should we stop? <laughs> or should we stop here? <laughs> True. <laughs> I think the way could be nice because um, we all know the concept of lucid dreams, right? Mm -hmm. When you're dreaming, but you kind of have the sensation that you're doing it's real. Uh, if VR could go in that direction, <laughs> let's just imagine that will be neat. That so will be could... that will be also scary and yeah. a very big topic yes. exploring uh -huh. many movies in science fiction. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah, true, true. But um, in a way that you're just thinking, but uh, because we now are tapping into our minds, right? We can actually simulate or stimulate. Sorry. Uh, parts of a brain that thinks, okay, I move my finger. Oh, I, I'm feeling this. Mm -hmm. mm. That yeah. would be scary, but very, very interesting to talk about. Yeah, yeah it, it reminds, as I said, I, it reminds me of another movie, uh, Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I like this one. Yeah. Okay, we need to do an, uh, this, another episode only about that. <laughs> I yes. guess we need an episode on ethics and yes. the movies, the second episode. Yeah, science fiction. More sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. Sci-fi. We'll, we'll XR sci-fi. Oh. Examples of XR in sci-fi. Yeah. Let's stop. I guess this was it from <laughs> us from the second episode. <laughs> yes, I think so. Thanks so much for all the listeners. Thank you so much for being part of this new project. I hope you're enjoying the information that we are sharing here and trying to discuss it. Don't forget to make us questions. Use the hashtag #AskTheXRGap. All right, and we are more than happy to try to answer. Don't think it's a stupid question. Nothing is a stupid question. I we mean, you heard to. us. Yes, <laughs> we are the ones doing the stupid questions. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, and stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah, and don't forget to like us on Twitter, Facebook. Facebook, we still don't have the page for Facebook. Instagram? Uh, Instagram, we also we still also don't have. Where can people find us, Santiago? So, right now, Twitter. Twitter. Okay, Twitter. We're pushing uh, to you to use Twitter. <laughs> exactly. And, and to listen to us, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, 
Pocket Casts, Radio Public and Spotify. I mean, technically, if they're listening, that means they already found that information. Yes. True. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. And uh, very, very soon on YouTube as well. YouTube. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, looking forward to that. So you can also hear our podcasts on YouTube. I'm taking, taking care of that. So yeah, and that's it for the episode today. And see you in one month. By the way, happy holidays because we are going to the next episode is going to be in January, correct? Yes. Yeah. So happy holidays for everyone and stay safe. Yep, happy holidays everyone and bye. Bye, stay safe. Bye bye.